Middle Stretton. The police began to hunt hard for the man on the green bicycle. Next day, they learned that two little girls, Muriel Nunny, aged fourteen, and Valeria Cavan, aged twelve, attending Leicester High School, had been cycling along a road leading from Leicester at about five thirty p.m. on the day of the tragedy, and met a man cycling in the opposite direction. As he passed, he smiled and spoke to them. Then he turned, followed, and overtook them. He asked them several questions: where were they going, and so forth. Becoming alarmed, the two children turned and rode back towards Leicester, leaving the man standing by his bicycle near a farm gate. They declared that the man was riding a green bicycle and that he carried a raincoat. That was all the police could discover at the time. They could find nothing in Annie Bella Wright's life to lead them to the man on the green bicycle. Her family had lived in Leicester, and on leaving school, she had been in domestic service till 1917. Then she began to work in a factory. When her family moved to Stoughton, she rode to her work and returned from it on a bicycle. She was keeping company with a fireman in the navy who should be demobilized in August. Her employers were questioned. Her relations and friends were questioned. The young men she had attracted were questioned. None of them could throw any light on the mysterious rider of the green bicycle. High and low and far and wide, the police hunted. They could not find the rider of the green bicycle. They could not find the green bicycle. Both had vanished. Days passed into weeks. Weeks into months. Then, on the twenty-third of February, nineteen twenty, seven months and eighteen days after Mr. Powell had found Bella Wright lying dead in the road at Middle Stretton, the towing rope on a barge in Leicester Canal, dipping into the water, brought up the frame of a green bicycle with the back wheel missing. The police had found the green bicycle. It led them to Mr. Ronald Vivian Light. Assistant Mathematical Master at Dean Close School, Cheltenham. Part Two. The bicycle had been made by the Birmingham Small Arms Company. Of that, the police were sure. Some of the identification marks had been filed off it, but when it was taken to pieces, they found on it the maker's number: one o three six four eight. They learned that the Birmingham Small Arms Company had sold it to a dealer of the name of Orton. He had sold it to Mr. Light in 1910. On the 4th of March, Detective Superintendent Taylor, accompanied by Detective Sergeant Isles of the Gloucester Police, called on Mr. Light at the Dean Close School, Cheltenham. They found themselves confronted by a good-looking man of 34 with clean-cut features, clear brown eyes. Clear-skinned, with dark, wiry hair growing slightly grey, and an air of confidence in himself, Detective Superintendent Taylor told him that he was a police officer making inquiries about a green bicycle in connection with a case of shooting of a young girl. Then said to him, "You had a green bicycle. What became of it?" "I never had a green bicycle," said Mr. Light. What about the green bicycle you bought from Orton? Said the detective. Mister Light again denied ever having had a green bicycle, but afterwards he said, "Yes, I had one, but sold it years ago. I don't know who I sold it to. I've had so many bicycles."
The detective then told him that his answers were not satisfactory and that he would detain him. At the police station, he said, What is this stunt? I sold the machine before I left Derby. I'm not sure whether it was a BSA. I sold an all-weather to an ex-officer I met in Leicester in 1919. On being charged with murdering Bella Wright, Mr Light said, It's absurd. Brought before the magistrates, Mr Light denied the accusation and reserved his defence. He was remanded and finally committed for trial. The police learned that Mr Light was the son of a citizen of Leicester who had been killed by falling out of a window, that he had been educated at Leicester. For some years he had been a draftsman in the employ of the Midland Railway. In 1915 he had joined up and at the end of that year he had obtained a commission in the Royal Engineers.